Uh, so, about unity. Uh, my, my sophomore year, I, I found myself playing, playing football. And, uh, and I, I was starting, I can't even remember exactly what position it was. I just know that I was on the offensive line. And I know that we had, we had a new coach and a, a new system and um, we weren't sure exactly how we were gonna be my sophomore year. And I remember starting off and, and it was early on in the season and I can, it was a home game and I can take you to the exact spot that it happened on the field. Uh, something had happened and we came back to the huddle and one of our fellow linemen said, I'm not blocking for you anymore. And as a sophomore, I'm thinking, oh, wow. This is gonna be a long year. It's gonna be a long year. And it, it, and it was, we won one game that year, just, just one. Fast forward one year, some of those I'm not blocking people didn't, didn't play anymore. And, and then we, we kind of all had the same goal. I remember we, we lost our first game and I thought, oh, here we go again. But then we didn't lose again until, um, until later on in, in the season and, and that we lost our very last game in the playoffs. We ended up beating number one team in the state and we're ranked at one time, I think eighth or something like that. None of that really matters. What, what matters is I think the difference was unity. Unity. Unity makes, it makes a difference when you're trying to accomplish something, when you're trying to accomplish a goal, if everybody's on the same page and trying to accomplish the same goal, it's more likely that it's gonna happen. Are there any differences in this room? Oh yeah, there are differences in this room. Let, let's just have fun. Uh, bear with me just a little bit. I wanna ask you some questions. I'm gonna give you two options. If you like, and none of those are my two options, that's too bad. I want you to pick which one you would pick if you had to pick out of those two, okay? Uh, number one, Coke or Pepsi. How many of you would pick Coke? Any Pepsi lovers in there? Okay, see, that's right. That's exactly right. I had a friend of mine that was at a restaurant and uh, you, you know how it is. You just go and you say, oh, I'll have Coke. Well, anyhow, he was there and he said, I'll have a Coke. And she, she goes, well, we just have Pepsi. Is that okay? He goes, no, I'll have water. And she was like, honey, what did Pepsi ever do to you? You know? <laughs> All right, here, here's one. IU or Purdue? IU? Boiler up. All right, all right, if you're on vacation, um, beach or mountains, beach people, mountain people, okay. Okay, th this is kind of weird when I just thought of it as like, okay, well, I'll ask it, I just wanna know. Uh, mayo or Miracle Whip, are there any Miracle Whip people in here? Okay. All right, I was for a long time growing up, that's just what we had in my house, okay? Mayo people, everybody else, okay? Mayo is a game changer when I got older and, and figured that out, so. 
What, what about, uh, I'm not really gonna ask you, but, but just to prove, do you, do you guys remember the, the picture that was going on of the dress? Whether it was like blue or black or gold or white, you guys remember that, okay? Um, you'd rather live in town or in the country. How many in, in town people? You just like being around town, okay? Country people, okay? Um, Ford or Chevy? Ford people? Chevy people. And some of you are like, no, I'm not, not any of those things. Okay, Here, here's one. I'm trying to settle something in, in you know, this, this is an ongoing debate in, in a lot of, uh, of households. Would you, would you rather, would you rather be too hot or too cold? <clears throat> how, how many of you would rather be too hot? It's weird. How many of you would rather be too cold? Okay, I can always get another blanket. You know, you... You can only take off so many clothes, okay? I mean, <laughs> we, we all, we have, we have differences, okay? We have differences. And, you know, when, we, when Katie and Sherry, they're asking me, what, what do you want to title this thing? And I was like, well, I'm just talking about unity, unity. But uh, I was thinking about it. I said, finding unity. And I started off in, in a divided world because we, we live in a divided world. But divided, I don't think it's the right word because divided sometimes makes me think of like just a pair of scissors, you know, and you just cut it and it, it's nice and neat. And sometimes the division, it's, it's not that nice and neat. It's more like a tear. And it's complicated. And sometimes the things that, that cause division is sometimes kind of messy. So what, what I want to do today uh, is just, I, I want to simply, I want to look at some scripture. We're going to go through and we're going to read uh, some scripture and look at some scripture that, that talks about unity. And then I want to draw just a, just a few things out of that uh, that, that hopefully we can see and realize and uh, apply to our lives that, that will help us hopefully find unity in, in a torn, torn world. Um, the, the first scripture, if you want to write these down or follow along or whatever, uh, they're, they're going to be on the screens. The, the first one is this, and it is 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. And the apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he says this, he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you, all of you agree with one another in what you say, and there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. The apostle Paul also said this in the church uh, to the church in Philippi in Philippians 1, 15 through 18. He says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. 
Didn't matter. His, his end goal, his, his, his mission was the same that Christ, that Christ was preached. We go on in Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse one. It says this, it says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father all, who is over all and through all, and in all. And this one, I want to ask that we do something different here. I want to ask, because this is the prayer that Jesus prayed with his disciples. I want you to read that out loud. And I want to ask you to stand up as we read it together in unison as a body of believers. Let's read this out loud together. This is Jesus praying. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You can be seated. There's one more I want to read, and again, it's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in Rome, in Romans 15, 5 through 7, and it mirrors a little bit the prayer that Jesus prayed. It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So what about us? What about, what about unity? And I want to focus just on, on two aspects of it, simply this. And, and the first one is why. Why should we, why should we pursue Unity. I mean, when it seems like sometimes we will never have it, any guesses to about, about how many Christian denominations there are in the world? What, what do you guys think? Any, any numbers? Any, huh? Okay, thank you. Yeah, a, a lot. Anybody? 
And, and I just Google this, and, and I don't want to just say I Google, because this is like, you can't trust everything the internet says, okay? But this was pretty consistent after looking at some actual studies and everything, okay? And I know I'm, I'm giving a broad category, uh, this, but it just goes to prove what, uh, what, what Cam's saying is a lot. 30 to 40,000. 30 to 40,000. That's, Cam, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. So why, why should we pursue it so much? Why, how can it make a difference? Here, here's the thing. Even in the midst of that, there, there are commonalities between God's churches that, that we can have more things that we're united on than, than what we're separated on. And I believe that, that God's church is still powerful and it is active and it is working in the world and that the gates of hell will not stand against it. Okay, that's, that, that's, that's scripture. Is it flawed? yes. But God is still working through it. And because of Jesus Christ, it's the hope of the world. It's the bride of Christ. And may we not bash the bride, but build her up. So what about unity? What can we do to to build her up? First of all, is realize this. And I'm just gonna go back to some of these verses and they're gonna be back up on the screen. But number one, why? Why unity? Number one, it glorifies God. It just does, it glorifies God. If you look in Romans 15, five through seven, it says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, here it is, you may glorify. You may glorify glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on and it says in in verse seven, it says, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you. In order to bring praise to God. Accept one another. Just when I see that and I, I hear accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, I can't, can't think but help, uh, or can't help but think of Romans 5.8 that says, while we were yet sinners, what, church? Christ died for us. Christ died for us. We need to accept one another, and we need to pursue unity in whatever ways that we can because it glorifies God. It glorifies God. And secondly, the reason, the why behind we need to pursue unity is that unity, I believe, proclaims the gospel. It proclaims the gospel. Um, When Jesus was praying in uh, John chapter 17, he said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am you, may they also be in us. And then it says this, 
so that the world may believe you have sent me. There's unity, and in unity, people believe. People believe. I think back to that football team and everything and the things that, that happened, you know, in my, my junior year. And because of that unity, people started to what? Started to believe. Let that happen in our churches. Let that happen in our churches. He goes on in verse, verse 23, Jesus says, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then there's these three words again, then the world. And the world will what? Then the world will know. Unity glorifies God and unity proclaims the gospel. Unity tells the truth that, that God sent his son for this world. That's why we need to pursue it. That's why we need to pursue it. Okay, we believe that we need to do it, that it was important to God, it was important to Jesus, it glorifies him. Here's the million dollar question, how? How do, how do, we, how, how do we unite 30 to 40,000 different denominations? How, 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 do we, how do we do that? You know, I'm not so naive to think, okay, yeah, I'm gonna solve all this in one 25 minute, 30 minute sermon, you know. But, but we can have a starting place. We can have a starting point on some things that we can do that help, help bring unity. And, and the first thing is this, number one, is be humble. Just be humble. Ephesians 4 that we already looked at says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So just, just be humble. And you go on and you look at those things, be gentle, be patient. You know, sometimes you may disagree and not have unity with, with people, but it says just be patient. Be patient with them, bearing with one another in love. And, and I like that as I was reading that, and I thought, yeah, bearing with one another. And, and as I initially read that, I thought, yeah, be humble and gentle, be patient. And I was trying to think, okay, what exactly does that word bearing mean? And, and as I read it, I thought, you know, be humble, gentle, patient, putting up with one another in love. Okay, you ever, you ever do that? You ever just, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put up with them. I, I put up with a lot, I'm gonna put up with them. Okay, I was like, yes, that's right there in scripture. And I thought, maybe, maybe I should look up and see what bearing with one another really means. And, and instead of just putting up with one another, I thought, yeah, that's awesome. We put up with one another. It's really the whole idea of bearing one another up or lifting one another up in prayer. Maybe even when they disagree with you. We, we just need to be humble. 
We need to be humble. We need to realize that there could be, it's possible, that our way is not always the right way or the only way. Have, have any of you, as, as you've gotten older, ever changed your mind and your opinion about anything at all? Any of us? That's called learning and growing. Okay, so some of us are like, nope, I knew it all, and you know, it, it's, this is how it is, and this is how it's gonna be. But, but all of us, we, 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 we grow over time. Sometimes we, we, we learn new things and, and we hear different things. And, and I just want you to realize that sometimes there could be a different way to look at something. Sometimes, sometimes in this cancel culture, we just assume that if someone disagrees with us, that they just don't know enough don't, or don't care enough that we assume that, well, if they had all the information that I had, if they knew everything that I knew, then they would think like I think, and then they would be right, right? Anybody over there? Okay. But guess what? Sometimes, guess what? They know everything you know, and they do care. They just interpret it a little bit differently. You know, and I, I want you to hear me on this. I believe that our doctrine, and I know Adam believes this too, our teaching is important, that we continue to learn and we continue to look and search the scriptures for what, what is true and what God wants to say to us and, and what, the, what the Bible, what the scripture says. But what's important is not to only know what it says, but also what it means. Because sometimes, I mean, there, there, there's a passage I can think of right now just off the top of my head where, where Jesus says, you know, kids, you'll love this. You, you should hate your mother and father. Bible says it. Is that, is that what Jesus is really saying? Just shake your head and say no, okay? No, it's not, that, that's not, that's what that says, but that's a case where it's not what it means. It's in comparison to our love for Jesus, our love for the Father, it should look differently than that. Does that make sense? So sometimes what we teach is important, but realize we might not always have all the answers. In his, his book, Until Unity, Francis Chan says this. He says, I have said many times that I believe one of the most important passages for this generation is Isaiah 55, eight through nine, where God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. In many ways, we have lost a sense of the true holiness of God, and that has caused pride to grow and fester in the church. Everyone seems to start out with the assumption that his or her opinion of God is right rather than recognizing that all of us have an incomplete, flawed knowledge of God. Without humility, we will never have unity. And more importantly, without humility, we cannot be in a right relationship with God. 
we're going to have disagreements sometimes. But how we disagree is really, really important. I think it's important not just to go on social media and, and go off and, and bash one another and everything. It's, that's, that's not what God wants of his children. I mean, how many of us are in parents, or, or there are parents in here, love and say, yes. I love it when my kids fight with each other. That's what we strive for, right? Anybody say that? No, you don't. You love it when they get along, when they like each other, and you, you hope that if you, you, know, you have kids and they, they grow into adults, that they're, they're friends and they wanna be around each other and everything like that. God is no different. He strives and he wants his children to be unified. So are we gonna have disagreements? Yeah. But how you disagree is really important. And I think a lot of times the best approach that we need to take is maybe if we just have some issues with somebody, we need to sit down and talk. Talk to them. Don't text. How many of you ever, you know, communicated something you didn't really mean to communicate on a text? Doesn't matter how many emojis you attach to the end of it, okay? Just have a face-to-face conversation so you, so you can hear from, from one another. important that we remain humble. And the second thing that, that will help us find unity in a world that is torn is if, if we maintain our mission. If we maintain our mission. You know, and part of that, that maintaining the mission is if you remember the, the first two things that we talked about, why we want unity is to glorify God and to reach the world. That's the mission. It was my sophomore year of college, and I went on my first plane ride. I was really nervous, really nervous, because I was going by myself on a mission trip. Now, it wasn't like just going by myself, but I was going to meet some other people. There was nobody here, so this farm boy from Indiana got onto an airplane from Indianapolis to... Miami, Miami's a really big place and Miami airport is a really big airport, okay? And I remember flying in there and being like, how are they gonna find me? You know, we, we didn't have cell phones back then. I, kinda, I know some of you can't imagine, but how would you function without that? So what they did was, that, see, I, I had gone on a mission trip with Christ and youth, and they had sent out T-shirts. So I had a big identifying T-shirt. Hey, this is me. Somebody who's responsible, please come and find me. And they did. And uh, th- this guy's name was Tony, loved Tony, and worked with him later on some years later. But Tony found me, and he took, took me to the, the rest of my group, you know, and it was, you know, I was a sophomore in college, and it, w- it was filled with some older high school students and some college students my age. And the um, only thing is, I, I was from this small farming community here, and they were from Southern California. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Southern California. I've been there. I love it a lot. It's a cool place. But it's just 
different. How, how am I going to mix with these kids from West Covina, California? Uh, or in, you know, in, in California, West Coast. I mean, it's just, it's just different. And it is, you know what happened? We connected really, clear, really quickly. You know, and some of them, I'm still friends with some of them on, on, on Facebook today. And we connected really quickly. You know why? It's not because we focused on our differences. And it's like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm from Indiana, you guys are from California. We're, it's just way to, you know why there was unity there? And why we connected so quickly? It is because we had a common purpose. We maintained mission. And it was, it was just really cool how quickly you could come together in a short amount of time when you're pursuing the same thing. And my guess is in this room, how many of you have experienced that before? Just, you, you were with somebody, they're, they're just different, but you, you were working on the same thing together. And whatever separated you where you were different was way less important than what brought you together. When we pursue that, when we maintain mission, we are going to have an easier time of finding unity. I love, I love coming here and talking. I've done it a couple times now. Got to baptize Drew Hilton. Called him the wrong name several times as I was doing it, but that's just, called him his brother. I blame that on, or blame that on Justin Pollock because he was in the baptistry and that's just where my mind was. But I, I love the unity. I love sometimes being at some of the same events, whether it is CIY or, or, or Mix and having some of you students interact and getting texts from other youth leaders here at Cicero, hey, this kid did this and they attend your church sometime and we can text back and forth. I think that makes our father happy. I think it makes our heavenly father proud. And let's keep it up. Last night, just as I was thinking about unity and I was talking to my wife, Missy, about it, um, she reminded me of, of the song. And it, it, comes, it comes from John 13, verses 34 and 35. And it says this, and it's just Jesus, and it's this big, long section of, of red in the New Testament where he's talking, and he says this to his disciples. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And sometimes that can seem like, how, how do we do that in a, a world with so many denominations and, and so many different ways that, that we could go and as Matt was singing uh, the song, that this is my father's house, there's this line that during first service, it just jumped out at me and I'd look for a pen to write it down. It says this, it says, 
Though what's wrong seems off so strong, my father is the ruler yet. And even sometimes when we're torn and we're divided and we're like, where is unity? The father's still the ruler. And he still binds us together. And it's important that we love one another, this command that Jesus gave us. And, and last night I, I said that as, as Missy and I were talking, it reminded us of this song that starts off like this. It says, we are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. And I pray that our unity may one day be restored and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Anybody ever heard that before? Raise your hand if you have. I want to ask you to do this with me right now. It's just that, that we sing it. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And I pray that our unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And I just pray that that is true of us. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for your goodness. And God, we... I pray that we would strive for unity because it, it, because it praises you, because it proclaims your gospel. Lord, I pray that you would keep us humble. I pray that you would help us to maintain the mission, God, of, of just serving you and reaching this world. God, I thank you for the partnerships that, that we can have. I thank you for your people. And I thank you that, that your body, even though sometimes it's torn and, and we have different opinions and things like that, it's still working. It is still bold. God, there are still people coming to Jesus because of it. And the gates of hell will not prevail over it. May that embolden us, Lord. May that help us to stand up in this world and may it help us to love in a way that is different than this world. Lord, we love you. May you bind us together in unity and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.